it is time to tune up the band. And who's your hero? Chris Hero! There we go. Welcome oh, we actually did it. We actually did it in in time as well. How did that happen? Not too bad all. Not too bad all things considered. Welcome to another episode of the Sweet Chinwag <laughs> Podcast. I am Sam, joined as ever by Dan and Reardon as we continue our journey through the wacky world of professional <laughs> wrestling. Afternoon, chaps. How are you doing? For one person, I definitely know we're not doing all right. <laughs> Uh, I am surviving and Reardon surviving as well. Yeah, it's an absolute massacre here at the Sweet Chinwag podcast where Sam is the only one standing. You see, basically what's happening is is that um, the internet company don't want us to succeed. We're being held down by the man. Yes. Yes. They, they exactly don't want us to make content, and frankly, it's just rude. It's rude. <laughs> they, they, they consider the podcast a B-plus player, Ooh. and they are wrong. Oh, oh, them's fighting <laughs> words, Reardon. <laughs> I know, I know. Prepare a WrestleMania promo. You think you're um, special? <laughs> <laughs> so apart from that, chaps, I mean, you say I'm standing, Reardon, but I feel like I'm barely surviving as well. <laughs> <laughs> God. <laughs> but apart from that, we're doing all right. Everything yeah. good. We grand good. <laughs> yeah, I just make bad decisions sometimes. Don't we all? Yeah. Don't we all? <laughs> Anyhow, we give you this podcast thanks to those lovely people over at SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and forever pending other platforms. Always, Always be pending, baby be pending like i am pending my damn internet to come back <laughs> just before we get on to the end of our usual spill uh massive thank you goes over to patreon for we've got our very first patron Woo! Hey! it begins it begins so, uh so thank you ever so much in the three pound in the gym tier to captain vsk AKA Scotch, massively appreciated, sir. We love we we love your patronage, and we welcome you to the silliness that is the Speech and Wag podcast. But Thank it- you for giving us money. <laughs> We massively appreciate it. But no, if, if for you listening, if you do want to get in on that, head on over to patreon.com forward slash sweet chinwag. You'll see all of the membership levels and tiers we have there and all of the perks and incentives you can have and possibly muster. We'll try and muster in the coming weeks. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. But for, before we get on to our, the main part of our episode, volume five of Great Wrestlers You Never Knew, it's been a week. It's been one hell of a week. So, Dan, please enlighten us with this week's wrestling news. Dun, 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 dun. Wrestling news. Let's get let's get into this, right? Was, because was, that, was that the sound of Nick Card's gavel by any chance then? Um... Look, let's just get into it. There's only really one bit of major news, and it's just a bunch of discourse, really. Um, yeah. It's releases. Even Yay. more of them. 12, all now from um, NXT. Um, and we'll give you a quick run-through on the list. Uh, Bobby Fish, Bronson Reed, Jake Atlas, Ari Sterling, Kona Reeves, Leon Ruff, Stephen Smith, Tyler Ross, Zechariah Smith, Asher Hale, Giants Angier, and Mercedes Martinez. 
I mean, let's just get into this first of all. Um, <clears throat> no one likes to see releases. <laughs> no. No one. Jesus. Um, and obviously a lot of people have been wondering for a long time what the situation around NXT is, um, everything like that, and we'll get to more of that later. <clears throat> but um, just a shame to see some people that were obviously really promising and that they put good stock into and also some veterans who yeah. i think would have been beneficial to a, a com- the company really in whatever direction they took it absolutely <clears throat> uh it just shocks me the, the, the the wide range of people from people that are the well you could call the pillars of the brand to the people that have only just got started yeah uh, it just. It, I, I'm gonna like get. I'm not gonna sh- like, you know, uh, delay my my anger about it. But I'm gonna talk about Bobby Fish in particular. That man was a, a, the pillar of NXT along with with his free stable mates at the Undisputed Era. Like, what the hell? <laughs> and that's the thing. It's like I'm. You know, you look at the list. You've got two former North American champions in there. Yeah. Bronson yeah. Reed was the NA champion about a couple months ago, was it? <laughs> yeah. And they had, and from, judging by what we were told and like backstage rumblings, they had big, big plans for Bronson. Reed. Well, he 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 was appearing and doing dark matches for SmackDown. Yeah. Like it, it is, and with a and with a um a roster like NXT, any any number of releases is like a big cut down yeah let alone this long list yeah <laughs> yeah um uh, talking of cutting down i feel like there's isn't there only like one member of the 205 live roster now <laughs> oh there's like four i feel like it's just isn't it just like with with asher hale and i think Ari it's Sterling. just ikamanjiro it's honestly. just ikamanjiro <laughs> which to be fair I'm not mad at. He <laughs> is the last man standing. But to be, but like, uh, obviously, I mean, really, let, let, let's just jump. Let's just jump into it. Let's not really mince the words about it. Um, for anyone that does follow us, um, that may have seen uh, the long ass tweet thread that I did. It's about like eleven tweets long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Basically, just rumbling through every single separate aspect bit about these releases and how i feel about them yeah um the real thing about this is that it it so patently points that there's a this company and obviously i'm speaking speculatively i don't know the inner workings of wwe but it speaks to a company that doesn't know the direction it wants to take Mm. but also a company that's really split about what it wants to be what it thinks it is and how it's run yeah because um as the reports have been coming out of this it's been that these weren't made by uh triple h or sean these were made by vince nick khan and bruce pritchard which it just it just it kind of just really speaks volumes and especially and, when you hear yeah. the reasoning behind this as well uh, as to why and they so them. It, it says to me <clears throat> it says to me a lot about how this company is going and like a 
a friend of mine said, it kind of just seems like they are just pulling up a spreadsheet, sorting it, and then just going, okay, you, 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 you. <laughs> Yeah. Mm. rather than paying any mind to like what's actually happening in the product yeah i mean like tyler rust just two weeks ago like was introduced yeah. into the diamond mind and now he's gone like it, it, it's it's things like that mercedes martinez just coming out of a program with zia lee who yeah. they who they put up huge bobby fish just returning from injury and then rejoining up uh you know working with kushida and kyle o'reilly again yeah, um, Ari Sterling said, having a having a, his tenth match against Kushida on two hundred five live. Yeah, <clears throat> and so yeah, so basically a lot of this roots down to uh, an interview done about I want to say three months ago hmm. that Nick Khan did, <clears throat> where he made a very clear point where he said actually internally we don't call WWE a wrestling company; we're an entertainment company. Uh, as I have said and put my view out on that, I think even if you go into say Raw as an entertainment show, it arguably makes it worse. <laughs> yeah, that, I'm like, yes. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, uh, that was my first when I saw that. I when I looked at the news on that, my first thought was, you know, that doesn't make it better, right? That doesn't like, make if you're it thinking better, about Raw like, as a compelling entertainment show, you, you're not thinking on the right spread. Yeah, um, but then also as well, like. You know, the, it, we've thrown around this thing. I've, I've, I pulled up the the tweet to have uh, here to mind for me. Hmm. But, like, through how WWE has operated, yeah. um, how it's kind of gone through everything... Hmm. It all just feels disjointed that like things are just kind of happening and everyone's just expected to be okay with it yeah because like again like we said what even is nxt because is they... it a third brand is it developmental that's the thing one person what, one what person does that company sees it one way the other person sees it the other way and it just seems like a clash of 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 mentalities just butting heads all the time you know where does 205 life fit into this into this equation exactly well, just why has no one from why has no one from nxt uk been released <laughs> the, all of this it's just i ah ah you know? uh, indeed i i can't you, here's the thing a lot of people will go to the hill to defend wwe and vince's practices and actions but i feel like we're not having a go at them because we hate them we're having a go at them because we we know that how good they can be we've seen them how good that they can be when they fire on all cylinders and it's just upsetting yeah. when stuff like this happens when you when you've got when you've got true future prospects who could take your company not to the heights of rock and austin because it's gonna it's gonna be very rare that they would reach those heights ever well, again. i i have well we've had views on that but uh, they even could, happening but but they could take them to they could take them back to being a like a cultural touchstone for sure for sure i mean some of the people released here like some of the people that have been released since the end, uh, since um, WrestleMania, has been like, it's been it's been tremendous. Like the amount of 
incredible talent that they're just letting slip through their fingers. A lot of it, I feel as well, is talent hoarding. Well, yeah. So this is obviously one one aspect of it because, like, even still, WWE rosters are pretty bloated, with the exception of Two Hundred Five Live. <laughs> just Ikimajiro. Yes. <laughs> it's it's pretty much just Ikimajiro at this point. Um, which again, I'm not that mad at. Um, I just hope he's doing well, having a nice day. True, very true. It'll be interesting um, to see him versus himself ne- on next week's two or five live. Um, but yeah, it, it points to this whole thing, and like, it, I'm putting on, I'm putting on my um, my views on corporate America hat. Oh, here we go. Here he is. You know the thing of citing budget cuts and then simultaneously posting record profits. Yeah, that is yeah a thing that to my core angers me. That is oh, a yeah. spicy meatball for me. It is frankly monstrous. And now you know, like like we like we say on the talent hoarding, you know a good number of years of just kind of having people on contract for the sake of not letting them go elsewhere. Yeah. Because like, we've heard the story from people where they were saying like, no, I was trying to get out of my contract and not be in WWE anymore. And I just couldn't. <laughs> yeah, Luke Harper for, for, is the prime example of that. He's like, no, I wanted to leave, but I couldn't. They wouldn't let me. <laughs> I just, how... And this is another thing, another question that has been brought up on online uh, during this whole thing. How in the world are WWE going to expect to have future legends of the industry in 10 years' time when they keep releasing all of these prospects and keep bringing back legends? Well, the, mm. the, thing, the thing that I have said is... <clears throat> I think the the real problem that WWE has at hand here is that for, I would say, at least a, a sizable chunk of fans mm. that constitute the, you know, the body of people who largely watched NXT, but maybe not any other WWE product. Mm. Because again, like we said, like there's people who will go to the nines to defend WWE and look down on NXT as yeah. a product you know, holding up the main roster as, like, this bastion of wrestling, which I understand. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, I understand the people who are seeing it that way and only interact (laughs) with it that way. Mm. Um, But I I think that through everything with, like, the booking, the kind of iffy nature of Mm -hmm. call-ups, you know, just the Thunderdome period... The releases, I think they've they're going to have lost a lot of the goodwill that they actually even have. Yeah, yeah. and so like for people that I, that I interact with who are on the more you know I I say the more hardcore wrestling fan, mm-hmm. a lot of them have kind of been responding in a way that's like they've kind of lost all goodwill towards WWE. Yeah. It's kind of this thing, and again, corporate America hat, <laughs> sacrificing any goodwill to build with the fans for the sake of chasing profits. Yeah, yeah. I, 
I mean, here's the thing. It's like, I guess the question that always that, that is on my mind for all of this is, what the hell was WWE going to look like at the end of this year? Well, that that's that's the thing. I don't know because it's like I said to I was saying to a friend of mine, um, who does see things quite a bit differently to me. I was like, you know, wrestling as a form of entertainment is weird because. <laughs> The, com- the company kind of needs to tell us who we should support. Mm-hmm. Mm. But, like, how can you get invested in a storyline when you're kind of going with the possibility that, oh, this person just might not be here next month? Yeah. Yes. How, how do you write that? How do you do that? And it, it for me... Just thinking in terms of like you know a, a writing a theater perspective, right? Mm. It's kind of like, um, okay. I, I this is going to be a specific analogy, but it, it will, it will yeah, work. We're all about specific analogies on this podcast. You know this. <laughs> there was a video that I watched. I believe it was H Bomber guy. Uh, he did about Fallout 3. Yes. Ah, uh, yes, 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 I know. A shout-out to H-Bomber guy, big fan. And the thing he said, that all the people in this area don't really feel like anything because they're meant to be disposable. Yeah. They're there because if you want to, you can completely eliminate them. Mm. But because of that, they can't have anything you know they can't risk losing a central point that they might have yeah and but so yeah. it's it's this thing that i feel like <laughs> the the wrestlers are becoming this kind of not necessarily formulaic mm. you know but it's like are people are people gonna be in just kind of disposable storylines that they can be picked up and moved around like playmobil See, the, the, you can the, just you the, can the, just put people in. You know, you just need someone to fill in a space, and anyone can do that any one time. Mm. See, they're not even good to be Lego at this point. WWE, they're playmobile. Yeah. No, they're I Lego. Know. I was using. I was using. Oh, oh, I was... Whoa, 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 whoa! Hold on now. <laughs> Hold on now. Look, I was using Playmobil because I remember their thing was it was like you can make this like little scene, and then you can do the stuff. <laughs> right look I, I remember Playmobil from when I was young right <laughs> Lego was a thing that we had at school <laughs> yeah f- fair enough fair enough but yeah. like I said it, it's, it's like are people just there to be moved around and so like when we said um, you know is anyone going to reach the scale of Rock Austin I don't think WWE has it in sees it in their interest to let anyone do that yeah, I think um, my thing with it is that the business and the format at this point do not match each other at all. No, it, I think that's the major. That's the major thing that kind of bugs me about all of this. In a in a um, actual as an actual like entertainment product, mm. like 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 the actual business of it, like. Again, capitalist hat is horrible, horrible. Yes, but, yes. But but even like taking that aside, if you if you, you want to have a format 
like this, you have to go like seasonal quarterly storylines and then like these are the new people that are coming in and just going it from there. Just kind of like doing it like a season of us of a of like a TV show. Yeah. See, this was the I thing that like when we say, so, hey, here we go. This is like when we spoke about Lucha Underground. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Its, its structure was like in wrestling terms, incredibly like obtuse yeah because people just didn't understand like why would mm. i watch a season of wrestling <laughs> but because it lent so far into just being a tv show that had like about wrestling rather than being a wrestling show they had so much more liberty to just play yourself and like look underground they just used to kill people off they just go this person's dead yeah <laughs> like that's the, that's I mean. that's the liberty you get but with what wwe do you can't do that yeah. because it's yeah. like it's like, was- it's like we said with with SmackDown back a couple moments ago, they had all these weeks of vignettes for Alistair Black, and then he was gone two weeks later. Yeah, it's 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 completely ass backwards, and I don't and like I'm not even gonna say I don't know how this can go on. It literally cannot go on like this. <laughs> like. Hey, we'll come back to a couple of weeks later and we'll have the McMahons back in the ring saying we're, we're the ones dictating the show. Oh, yeah. man. You know how time, time has made that that little segment. That is the aged. fans of the authority. Are that, you sure about that? That, <laughs> that segment has aged worse than milk. <laughs> like... <laughs> I thought you were going to yeah. say that's aged worse than Vince McMahon, but uh, I don't want to go there. <laughs> Well, yeah, because then this also follows a thing where they were like, NXT is apparently going to be restructuring, and they're like, we're yeah. going, so they're going for younger for younger talent. But a, I would say, you've got Bobby Fish and Mercedes Martinez was asking to be a PC coach. <laughs> yeah, I if I you was... know one of the one very well known and very well regarded women's wrestler. <laughs> Yeah, like those two, you'd kill to have them in your roster or in your back room as as a trainer or a booker. Absolutely. And hell, what? Jake Atlas is like twenty six. Jake Atlas. In wrestling terms, sure. that's young. That yeah. one hit hard. Yeah. That Jake yeah. Atlas one. Oh, her- her- horrendously hard. Because um, without getting into, you know, without getting into the the craziness of it, I feel very much that in a way he's been pain you know he's been used for a, a bit of washing shall we say yes absolutely um, i mean what leon ruff is what 25 yeah somewhere around there i uh, look say what you will about the guy i thought leon ruff was really good in his run no I, mean, I think he i think he's a i think he's a good character for something like what wwe has done before because <clears throat> I know, obviously, WWE has this whole thing around, you know, wrestlers not being big enough and whatever. Mm. But, like, I feel like they forget that the impact people like Rey Mysterio had on the wrestling landscape. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because when I talk to most people about wrestling, even if they're not the most knowledgeable about wrestling, they'll probably say Rey Mysterio. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. With this- but, yeah, so... So they said about the re- they said about the restructuring, and they said we're going for younger guys, and we're basically it seems like WWE's going back to the whole big person thing. It's 
John Laurinaitis all over again, isn't it? <laughs> and so, <laughs> you know, it, it's like, yes, that... and Because I remember seeing this take that someone did where they were like, oh, but how can you believe someone's a larger-than-life character if they're not physically large? I'm like, hey, mm. hey that doesn't that make no sense. sense. Be Eddie Guerrero. Yeah, that makes no yes. sense. That's... <laughs> Oh you know, in all fairness to the man, in wrestling terms, Chris Jericho isn't exactly the tallest. Yeah, listen, yes. li- uh, my my theatre nerd is coming out fucking rabbit at that. Yeah, Just yeah. rabbit as hell at that sentiment. Because, like, yes, that probably yes, it worked before. Mm. But like, I I think I think you'll have to just pay mind you is that both for better or worse, fans are smarter to the business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But B, the. <laughs> I was going to use the. I was going to use the corny line of wrestling has evolved. But I'm not. But no. Wrestling has changed. <laughs> there the, dynamic has, the dynamic has shifted. Because now what people want and what people enjoy is different. What wrestlers are doing now is far different than what people were doing before you know i know people again people love to live in the whole thing of the attitude era and you know the ruthless aggression era but like i say to people there are parts of the attitude era that were good yeah (laughs) but a lot of it was bad yeah yeah we all love to remember rock and austin mankind um you know all the all the great moments, but forget that there was a lot of really, really bad stuff in it. Yeah, let us never forget Beaver Cleavage, shall we? Like, oh, you know, <laughs> th- 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 there's a whole bunch of stuff that's just complete wash that's just out there in amongst it because people hold these things in such high regard. Mm. And I'm there and I'm like, no, but the thing is, is that what people want what people like is different if you want to go on that vein about oh you can't be larger than life if you're not physically large cm punk still has wrestling fans around his finger yep and he was originally kind of you know held back on by wwe because he wasn't physically big (laughs) yep yep and then went on to become champion and hold the WWE title for 434 days Daniel Bryan is the greatest wrestler of Daniel all time. Daniel Bryan. And he is not he, he is not pushing six foot at all. Oh, AJ Styles. You see? Like Like it, it Yeah. It, I I just feel like people are too stuck into this specific mindset of like, I want things how they were before, without actually considering the implications of that. <laughs> yes. It wouldn't pull in more viewers, I'll tell you that much. Yeah. It really would not. Speaking as some like speaking as someone like my speaking from like a bit of um speaking from like personal perspective, my dad actively did not like American like WWE wrestling. Mm. Yeah. Because of that. And like the and the clips that he has seen of modern wrestling, he's kind of like, I would have actually really liked this. That's, that, that's you the going. thing for some people. Like, just what you take, what you take in, and what you know. And like I said, 
everything is so much more accessible now. <clears throat> yeah. Every person on this list will find a, a place to be and have plenty of people coming and asking for their name and getting them on shows. There's no issue with that. As yeah. I said, there are all the other companies are operating at a very high level. The independents are more open and accessible to everyone than ever. I think the mindset um, now of anyone who goes into that industry has to go to that one place to be, ever be able to make a living is now no longer. I think people well, yeah. got to get out of that mindset is now it's it is possible now to actually make a very comfortable living and never have to go to the big leagues. Because what we said, right, that for some wrestlers, like getting to WWE is like, you know, the magnum opus. It, it's the pinnacle of their life, which I understand because as the industry leader, you get the name recognition mm. and whatever. But I think now like with how social media is such a big thing. Yeah. With how... I would say more prevalent, you know, just things like the sharing of stuff is as mm. well. I think that's I think that's changed because like it it one of the moments that I had recently was just seeing Orange Cassidy being shared in a video on some random meme page on Instagram. <laughs> there we go. And these are these are all people that don't know wrestling. They have no interaction with it, but they see him and go, well, that's stupid <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> but like, you know, that that's a moment of seeing wrestling, you know, cross over into popular culture. Yeah. Yes. As I said, WWE could have tried way harder with their Rolling Loud show. <laughs> exactly. But they didn't. Exactly. I just, and I'm like, just, I'm happy that, wrestlers have a choice now i think more than oh, anything yeah i mean choice competition variety is what makes it important because mm. it's just unhealthy i guess it's just unhealthy in an industry to have one in one one industry leader in that in that oh yeah i mean yeah. as any person will tell you monopolies are bad for a very good reason <laughs> oh really what vince should have said is the fate the very fate of pro wrestling is now in my hands. <laughs> oh God! Oh, no. Well, yeah. I guess I guess the thing that I would leave it off on was an observation from a friend of mine, mm -hmm. which is where he said, um, "The thing about some WWE fans is that they're so ingrained to WWE's ways, is that." Because of the way WWE operates its shows and the way it does stuff, when they try and branch out to other stuff, it's so alien to other wrestling shows mm. that they can't engage with it. There we go. It's an interest. It's a thing. I, it's a thing I've been thinking on. Yeah, it's. I, I want to say as well. <laughs> If if there are people that would moan at me for saying the the whole legends thing and saying well AEW uh, use legends well yeah they do but they don't have an over reliance on them because if that was the case that they were going to do that Jake Roberts would be in the main event with DDP and Sting wouldn't he? 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, with, with AEW, the thing I said is that I don't mind seeing, you know, Arn Anderson by Cody's side. Or his son, mind who looks seeing... like his father. Oh, his, his son just looks like a clone of Arn Anderson, but that's a different topic. <laughs> you know, or seeing Jake the Snake with Lance Archer, or Sting with um, the person I'm not going to mention. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Kingston. Yeah. Um, um, and, and things like that. I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad that Chavo Guerrero is Andrade's advisor. Which is... I think a genius pairing, if you ask me. Like, I I have no I have no real anger at that because mm. they're just there they're there as a vehicle to further stories, and <clears throat> for for what they were saying for a sports like feel, having a coach is pretty sports like. Exactly, I like that. Dynamic. Like, I I I'll be honest, I, I'm not too mad. It's not like Arn Anderson is the one that's taking the attention away from Cody. Cody takes the attention away from everyone else. Yeah, Cody's taking the attention away from the debuting stars that were in WWE. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Cody, you're not bad, but dude, come on, back it up a little bit, <laughs> just a tiny bit. I mean, I will say, I will, I will say. Um, Obviously, speaking on that Cody Malachi Black match, it was very cathartic. <laughs> it was, wasn't it? I very much enjoyed that match. Yeah, uh, yeah. Although I must say, and I've said this to him, like I'm sorry. I feel like Malachi Black's look is edging slightly too much towards black metal stuff, where I yeah. think he has very. Where I know he's a, probably a very lovely guy, hmm. no problem here. But every time I see him. In like full kayfabe, I'm like that man has some serious thoughts on white ethno states. So I'm sorry. This is what happens. This is what happens when you derive stuff from Slavic mythology. Yes. I'm assuming. I don't know that that's actually true, but it's my guess on the um, concept behind that. I believe it's more Norse. If I'm thinking of my my white nationalists, I don't know. It re- oh, well, yeah, no white nationalists is unless like you're talking specifically about Slavic movements. Now he has mentioned it in the past. I not I cannot be a hundred percent sure if he uh, if if he still is uh, as well. But he has gone on record of saying that he uh, that he does look into Satanism, and at one point he did consider himself a Satanist. So I ain't talking about I ain't talking about Satanism like you do you. I'm talking exactly. about white supremacy. Well, that That's as well. I mean, about. I was thinking because yeah. because some have specific. I mean, because both of them kind of do share a very common bedfellow at the same. But I was like, mm, thank God. yeah. I mean, the, the the thing the thing that the thing that I was saying was that the design of his gear for for his entrance reminded me a lot of something from The Witcher, which is yes. based on Polish mythology. Um, Geralt so, of Rivia is going to come out as next, isn't it? <laughs> I don't think so. Um, but that you know that that was that was my view on it. I might be completely wrong, and it has be. no it bears no relation at all. Exactly. I I could be wrong as well. Like we could all be wrong. It could be that he comes out in sunshine and rainbows in the next in his next match. That'd be such a weird. He comes match. out. He comes out in a fully white suit just to flex on Cody. Oh, <laughs> you have to. If only the it's like the, the the white suit is basically the number. It's basically the number two headband. You have to kill them to get it. There yeah. we go. There we go. <laughs> so apart from that, and me digging my grave only further, gentlemen, have we done with the news? 
Uh, I think so until like next week when we when we do have the thing about Cody saying he's going to retire and that's actually him announcing he's going to run for governor of Georgia. With black hair or blonde hair? That's the question. I imagine he'll probably go for the blonde hair. I imagine so too. Same. I don't know. I feel also like this point, seeing Cody in his like current look but with the black hair is just kind of cursed. It is, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, we're done with the news. <laughs> awesome. Reardon, I heard you have a recommendation for the corner this week. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Uh, fellas, we all wanted that John Cena heel turn, right? That, that, I, think that's, I think that's all we wanted <laughs> in life, right? Uh-huh. Well, we're in luck. It took 15 years, but... We finally have it, but in a way we didn't expect, as my recommendation is the Suicide Squad. I thought you were going to say this week's Smackdown, because he did act pretty heelish, let's be honest. God, can we talk, like, God, I want to talk about that, but there's no, like, way to do it. But like, <laughs> We'll talk about it after the recording. All right, all right, yeah, we'll talk about it afterwards. Let's let's put it this way. If you want to see an intentional John Cena heel turn, <laughs> what's the Suicide Squad, which is a great movie, Better than the first Suicide Squad movie. That's all I'm going to say on it. I'm happy to hear it. I'm honestly it's, happy it's, to hear it's good. It's, it's a very good movie. And um, John Cena's um, portrayal of Peacemaker is one of the best parts of it. Absolute delight from top to bottom. He's going to be getting a spin-off little thing. I'm, oh. not sure it's a, I'm not sure if it's a movie or a TV show or not. I need to look into that, but he's getting a little spin-off thing, also done by James Gunn. I cannot wait. It's going to be a delight. So go check it out, whether if you can safely see it in cinemas because we're still in a pandemic or on TV. One of the ways. Oh, I'll tell you this much. James Gunn does have a talent for picking wrestlers and putting them in good roles, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. He does, doesn't he? He has a really good knack for that. Whatever you do, don't cast Roman Reigns in a film, James. <laughs> Not Roman Reigns. <laughs> but I, mean, I could, I could see, I could see him being a good Aquaman villain. I could see him be a good Aquaman villain. No, 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 no. Everyone knows that the one true Aquaman villain. Just get heard. Jason Momoa. <laughs> did you both hear that by any chance? No, I did not. What did you say? I said everyone knows the greatest Aquaman villain is Amber Heard. Anyway. (sighs) Hey, now. (laughs) Oh, my God. Right, I'm going to get us kicked off anyway. (laughs) It is time to move on to this week's episode. Great Wrestlers You Never Knew, Volume 5. The Knockout Artist, The Wrestling Genius, Chris Freaking Hero. Oh, Oh man, I have been so excited for this one because I get to talk to you two chaps about one of my favourite wrestlers of all time. It's crazy. Absolutely Mm -hmm. crazy. Alright, so first question as we always like to start with these ones which is, I'm going to do this a little bit differently because we all know, all three of us are very acutely aware of one Cassius Ono, correct? Yes. Correct. So, My turnaround around about for this one is how aware are you or were you of Chris Hero before this episode? Not too aware, I will admit. Not too aware. And watching these matches, like this is a fascinating one for me, to be quite honest. We're gonna get into it. Mm. But I was not too aware of the of his work. 
I am now. I am now, <laughs> certainly. So, uh, what about you, Dan? So, the kind of consideration I had was that I was always kind of adjacent to the indie scene mm. before, like, 2019. Yeah. Like, there were people that I knew and people that I had seen and stuff, or it's like you know popped up here and there that was like oh my god i know them or like they were popular on the indies and then appeared you know then were in like tna for a bit and then disappeared yeah <laughs> i was always kind of adjacent to it um and as i've spoken about before um my tried and true um method of watching a lot of wrestling when i uh when i was younger especially in the earlier years was just kind of random compilations um and random collections of shows that i was able to find dotted around on the <laughs> internet or that my cousin would give me from like czw roh yeah and whatever indie companies were popular in the u.s <laughs> So Chris Hero was always kind of one of those names I'd always heard dotted around. Mm. He was always kind of like, <laughs> everyone was like, like, yo, this guy's so good. Why isn't he everywhere? Yeah. And so mm. even though I didn't know a crazy amount about him, I hadn't seen a crazy amount of his matches, but I'd seen like bits from matches he was in. Mm. He was always kind of someone I just kind of knew. I was like, I guess he's just really good, but just doesn't want to do TV. Mm. Or he's really good, but just doesn't, you know, he doesn't want to go to a WWE or whatever. Yeah. Um, he was always just kind of, I don't know, he was always just kind of there in kind of semi-nebulous space to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, same thing for yeah. me, except, except when I was watching the indies, when I first got into it in 2002, funnily enough, it was IWA Mid-South and CZW, and it was a lot of those matches were having Chris Hero on top billing or like near the main event. And so through yeah. that, it's like you heard rumblings and then you go and watch him and then it's like, oh, I'm getting more addicted. But you'd see him pop up everywhere. Yeah, I think that's, you know what? You've hit the nail on the head. It's a, like a question I've been trying to figure out what my question is when I was watching it. With um with this specific great wrestlers you never knew, I think the big question I had after watching his matches is why did I have to know, find out who this guy was? Especially <laughs> yeah. with some of the matches that you chose to, to like, as like some examples of his work, yeah. that I mean, became can, the major question for me. Can I, can I take a moment to address maybe one bit that people might say, mm. which is obviously, why are you doing a great wrestlers you never knew on Chris here? <laughs> yes, yes, please because do. Because it, it probably seems like a really odd statement because like for us as relatively hardcore wrestling fans of varying degrees the people we interact a lot of the people we interact with you know in a way rightfully so hold up chris hero was one of the one of the pillars of american modern wrestling yes but the thing i would say is there is still a sizable chunk of people that genuinely do not know who this man is yeah 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 um, and I'm speaking from experience here uh, with a number of my friends where uh, we were talking about, uh, we were discussing, I was talking about ideas and when this one was coming up 
and it's like well yeah we're thinking of doing a video on or doing an episode on chris hero and they're like who yeah and that bit I, pains me it does yeah I, you know what i you know what um from looking into it and watching these matches chris hero for me seems to be the velvet underground of wrestlers yes that's a, yeah that's, that's a very apt statement yeah. really yeah he is the he is the guy that no one seems to have heard of but every wrestler that everyone has heard of in the modern era has credited as a part of their development yeah, yeah. i mean we've always used the a lot of people have always used uh, your favorite wrestler's favorite wrestler yeah <laughs> is it is a pretty is a pretty apt description of him yeah and that is the that is the reason i wanted to do this episode that's the reason great wrestlers became a thing was because i wanted to give the ca- casual listeners and casual fans of pro-, pro wrestling a much deeper look into some of the great names of this industry and kind of give you the incentive to go out on your own and look for this stuff and what better way and what better person, I guess, that exemplifies that more than Chris Hero? <laughs> All righty. No, I kind of almost teared up with how, how good that was, gentlemen. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm glad. That was a very oh. emotional. That was a very emotional first question. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> let us get on with the matches. Now, in a career that spans over 20 years, I could have, you know easily pick matches here and there that could have been through kind of stuff like on IWTV or on Fight Network and things like yeah. that but I wanted to stick solely to stuff that we can all easily access online and uh, nothing during his days when he was known as the wife beater but only because yeah. he wore a vest and called himself wife beater which by the way got him in a lot of trouble with uh, I think it was the pair like some group of, of parents or, or, or of um, domestic abuse victims because they honestly yeah. thought because his name was wife beater his gimmick was he beats up women Oof. i mean i feel like that's a case of there's a very clear and prescient issue with the name that yes. while yes does have alternative connotations when you use it it kind of already sets you aside into where you probably think this is going, yeah. especially in a wrestling context. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So nothing during his wife beater days, which wasn't very long because after that he came up with the name Chris Hero, which when you listen to it, that is such a 1999 res- indie wrestler's name. Isn't oh, it it's really is. incredibly indie name. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Chris, but even he will admit that that was an incredibly of the time name. <laughs> So, first match I picked for you two is a very iconic match. It is CM Punk versus Chris Hero. Tables and ladders match at IWA Mid-South. So, if you want to have a little bit of history to IWA Mid-South, they were an Indiana-based promotion in the US that were basically your blood and guts promotion. Kind of Mm. came up through the, the hype during actually the heyday of ECW and then kind of picked up where they ECW had left formed in 96 by Ian Rotten uh, they would uh, put on shows around the mid-south uh, and west area of uh, of of the uh, of the US particularly as i said in Indiana uh, most of the time fighting out of a, of a disused barn 
<laughs> the reason I bring up the barn is that this match was uh, during an event where they had uh, the last night that they were able to put on a show in that barn. Um, and so that they, explains it. That explains yeah. a hell of a lot. <laughs> so uh, we get to this, the main event for the Mid-South Heavyweight Championship. It is Chris Hero versus CM Punk. Gentlemen, thoughts and feelings of 2002 indie wrestling, especially of these All two. right. Oh, God, okay. I've got two bits to start with. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, Dan, actually, because your, your, your thoughts are probably mine, so go ahead. Uh, one, good Lord, IWA Mid-South, that ring canvas is <laughs> horrific. Yes. There's a case of hepatitis C waiting to happen. It is one of the most filthiest wrestling rings I've ever seen in my life. One of the filthiest wrestling venues I've ever seen. I genuinely forgot how bad those IWAMS rings were. (laughs) Yeah, they were basically held up by nothing but sheer force of will, dry blood and gaffer tape. Because I was going to say, we'll talk about it more when we get there, but also like that bottom rope is done. (laughs) I don't even know why it's there. (laughs) Which um, gets brought up in commentary by Ace Steel as well. It's like, why is yeah. that bottom rope even there? Um, the second, the second thing is, all right. Correct me if I'm wrong, but when CM Punk was coming to the ring, did he have a replica WWF tag title with him? Yes, that would I believe be one of the Triple Crown titles that IWA yes. had, and it was a replica of the World Tag Titles. Because <laughs> I, I saw it and I was like, "Is that a replica? Did they just <laughs> get the same people to design a title but change the name on it?" Yeah, that was for honestly, honest to God. I think most of the blood and guts and like hardcore promotions did that. I mean, W uh, ECW, I think repurposed the US Championship and made it into the Tag Championships. So yeah. like, they, 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 everyone was guilty of doing it around that time. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Mid South Heavyweight Championship they were fighting over is actually the. It could be the NWA or the AWA World Championship as well i think it was i think it was the awa <laughs> so it's just it's just it, it's such a funny part of like early oh it, it's it's a hilarious bit of like indie wrestling history <laughs> i love it it's so like the early 2000s and every promotion indie promotion of that time in america um yeah but uh, before I get on and we talk about some of our favourite moments, uh, this, if everyone knows, uh, to the people that don't know, this this was, the history of this rivalry of Punk and Hero started, I guess you could say, with this match. Uh, these This match, Hero and Punk were big in the states of the Midwest. That's uh, Illinois, Ohio, Kentucky, Indiana, Pennsylvania, that cluster of America. They were very famous in that part and they were massive stars in the indie scene but this match this match in particular and because of tape trading and of course uh the advent of the internet being able to video or file share between people with limewire believe it or not this brought them attention across the rest of the country and across the pond it was actually this match as well as the uh, very famous two out of three falls 90 minute match that they had yeah uh, that brought them attention and bookings over in uh, the UK. So, with all that said, with all that context, what were some of your favourite moments from this match, guys? Okay. Um, 
You know, thank you for telling me that this was the last night because that makes sense. Where, <laughs> where um, Chris Hero was trying to send CM Punk through a fucking wall. Yes. Can I? You know, it's really this was the match where I was really kind of um, thinking about like Chris Hero and like and his history and his time because I'm watching him going up against CM Punk and I'm just sitting there thinking. Why are both of why were both of them not why did both of them not hit the heights? It's it, mm. it's kind of weird as yeah. hell because I'm watching like CM Punk do his CM Punk thing, and I'm watching how Chris Hero's like general style in this in this uh, matchup. And keep in mind, this is the first Chris Hero match that I've watched beginning to end, right? Mm. So. I'm watching it and I'm like, is it the move set? But I'm kind of like, eh, maybe, but he's no more like, he's no more, he's no more like rough and tumble or than, than CM Punk is at this time, 2002. Mm. Is it like, is it his look? Maybe, but it's like, again, he's quite, he's quite big. He's mm. quite a big dude. And especially like now thinking back to it where where like if Keith Lee is around, then this guy can easily be around. So yeah. this is the match where I'm really this is the question that really that this match is good that this was the first match, Sam. Yeah. Because this was the match where I was really thinking, like, why CM Punk and not Chris Hero? Yeah. And this is the kind of the real and this is like the the big central question i had when like watching all of these matches um but no i did really i really like the finish of this match yeah a a finish that i have which i was quite shocked i hadn't seen before (laughs) i no i really do like the the finish of this match where punk uh pushes hero off the the ladder and into the table and then he just because hero grabbing the title he drops it with the ref still out punk grabs it shakes the ref it's like oh yeah yeah i grabbed the title i win i win (laughs) yeah it's funny because i've all i've seen other people try and copy that finish yeah but they never quite seem to get it case in point otis with money in the bank (laughs) (laughs) um (laughs) One of my favourite moments from this is just, even in 2002, you could see that Hero was laying the foundation of being a really sound technical guy. Mm. Yeah, he the, the amount of flips that man can do is quite ridiculous. For a man who's 6'4", and at this time I think was about 220, yeah, that's insane. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was also. I do also find it funny that there's always that weird intersection between like blood and guts wrestling promotion and technical wrestler. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because like they start, they start this off with some really great chains. Yes. Oh, such good chains. Like I, some really good, some really smooth chains. Um, the rafters spot where both of them were hanging from the rafters. Yeah. I think a very yeah. famous quote from CM Punk was like, "I was trying to literally rip." the rafter off of the roof because what a way to go out for the last night in the bar the destroying the, the bar they on that ultimate x pack <laughs> and not x pack ultimate x space pack 
I love the fact that because of the way the ring is positioned and the way the rafters are on yeah. the, the ceiling of the barn is, it's so off center. It's I was so guess, it's like hanging out of the ring. Yes. <laughs> it's so great. So I was watching it and I was like, is this just shot at a really weird angle or is that belt just like level like on the same line as like the left hand ropes? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh <laughs> it makes for an interesting uh, interesting uh, dynamic especially when you're so like when you're like the ropes are directly beneath your feet and yeah. I I swear to god I think Punk didn't need to act. I think he pretty much caught his CM Punks on the top rope there. Oh, he did. He did. Yeah. <laughs> totally cool. The the one thing from Punk that I appreciate was when he Hero gave him a, a chair shot and you just ca- it caused Punk yeah. to have that wide-eyed look going, "Oh my Fucking god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's Listen, so good. I love CM, it. CM Punk selling was an absolute delight. Because he just also, gets hit and just, he literally just does that thing of like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Also, one one thing thing. It's it's funny to see the evolution of CM Punk's tattoos. Oh yeah. It's interesting going back and seeing this Punk, especially when a lot of the stuff I've been watching more recently has been like. 2012 13 punk yeah 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 i'm just watching this watching this match and my brain's just going like seeing him roll onto a rafters and then fall and like fall right on his right does like the does the um the crotch um selling on the rope and just <laughs> and my brain just went in like a ron howard voice this man will face the undertaker at wrestlemania <laughs> 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 yeah Exactly, exactly. <laughs> One thing I will say as well, I'm so glad that Punk does not do the Pepsi plunge anymore and yes. and Hero doesn't do mm. the top rope uh, power bomb because by God, did yeah. that look, did both of those look painful. I mean, Punk especially yeah. has had a history of knee problems yeah. purely because of the Pepsi plunge. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, the top... The top rope powerbomb being a regular thing always kind of, I don't know, it never really sat right with me. Or maybe that's just because I watched too many Mike Awesome matches. Because <laughs> that was always his thing for like, you know what? Oh, this is my die move. <laughs> yes. I don't know. Um, but no, there, there's, a, there's a bunch of great moments in this match. Um, I do have to say, for, for, for what it is as a match, it... it there's some pretty good use of the interference with Nadia Nice. Yes. Yeah. 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 I like had something. I like. I got. I'll have to ask you about this afterwards, um, Sam. Mm. But I want to know a bit about Nadia Nice because uh, she she takes she takes getting put through a table. Mwah, lovely. <laughs> you love to see it. I'll yeah. inform you more about the history of Nadia Nice after this for sure. Um. But yeah, no. It was actually some you know good little bits um when it came to like using the interference mm. um and you know how that plays into the overall psychology of the match which i would say is generally very well thought out yeah mm-hmm. like it, it it works pretty well they both know how they're starting where they want to go um what they're doing in terms of where they're targeting pretty much from the start of the match I mean, for guys that were a few years into their careers at this point, they have that down pat quite well. Yeah, yeah. they do. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, just the, the, the... I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about the huge top rope runner. Oh gosh, yeah, that was which was <laughs> yeah, which was horrid and seeing CM Punk just like land onto open chairs. <laughs> it's oh, like yeah. no, yeah, yeah, that was no. horrific. No, none of that. <laughs> that was yeah, that was horrible. The the Russian leg sweep off the balcony as well. Yeah, yeah. That's, probably, that's probably the iconic yeah, yeah. spot of yeah. this match, and yeah. for good reason. Blooming, blooming. So again, spot. it was extremely cursed seeing them make their way up there. Yes. <laughs> Yes, and I, I, as I will say, more wrestling companies do multi-table spots. Yes. They're great. They are and wonderful. they're safe. <laughs> One thing uh, I appreciate is that the that the old guy fan uh, who yeah. always went to the IWA matches, they were making damn sure he got out of the way for that table. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, making darn sure they got out of the way. Yeah, for that there's a, there's a lot of great interaction between the crowd and the wrestlers. Yeah, um, I do feel like that's very much a, a you know with the nature of um, the show and the kind of communities that form up around deathmatch promotions. Yeah, or deathmatch or hardcore focus promotions. Um, but they're, they're both playing it up really well, and just things like CM Punk literally just taking like an entire one minute aside just to talk shit at the crowd. Yeah, it so, was nice. It was a nice change of pace. It really let the match breathe a little bit. Absolutely. Absolutely. Ah, oh. so chaps, this is considered IWA Mid South's greatest match of all time, but I want to know where you rate it out of five. Starting with Reardon, I'm gonna give it a very solid four. Mm -mm. A very very solid four. And this is gonna be. I, I'm going to spoil this because I again <laughs> I want to talk about this. Every single match that I've watched is going to get four stars. Mm. But I don't know. And the thing is, I don't know why I don't give it a five. <laughs> and, I, and I really want to, and I, that, that's something I really want to talk to you guys about <laughs> just to get, because Chris, Chris Hero, it's like, um, I, I have a real knives out moment with Chris Hero where it <laughs> doesn't make any sense, but it compels me. It compels me though. <laughs> Fair enough. No, good, good, good score. Good solid score there. Uh, Dan, your rating for this match? Uh, I am giving it a 4.75. <laughs> it is a, it is a really, really good match. My only problem with it, and I this is most likely Punk's fault, is that honestly, for me, it does go a little bit too long. Yes. Yeah. This... It is a little bit long-winded. There is a there's a lot there's a lot of moments of like them just kind of taking time out aside or like getting yeah. towards setting stuff up, which I get. Yeah. You need to and, let the match breathe. You need yeah, to let things kind of be, happen in natural flow. Fair, and to be fair, this is the very last match. Yeah, it is. It that. is the very last match of the event. Uh, at the venue as well, <clears throat> but it's like it's like they were there and they were going through on the commentary and they're like CM Punk's wrestled like you know like a hundred something minutes 
over like this show and the last one. Yeah, he was notorious uh, at this time for wanting to have these all-out 60-minute matches. He wanted to be known as the Iron Man of of pro wrestling at this time. So this was, I think, yeah, very much of a of a case of um, Punk did at this time drag out matches longer than they needed to be. Yeah, it's like it didn't really need to be as long as it did. <laughs> but I'm not like too mad at it for being as long as it is. And like, there's like things at the end where you can just tell with punk that like the amount of time he's been wrestling is very clearly showing. Yeah. Yeah. He was a bit, he was a bit gassed by the end of the match. That's for sure. <laughs> he was a bit yeah. gassed by about halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> I give this one four and a half. Um, be- I think purely because this match, um, for the same reasons as you, Dan, it's like this match is really good. Psychology-wise, it is terrific. It does go on a little bit longer, but they would end up having a really good 90-minute 2 out of 3 falls match after this one, which ended in a time limit draw, if you want to know. By the way, that match is also available on YouTube for everyone to watch if they're so inclined to. If you've got an hour and a half spare... Go watch that one. That one's a much better, a much better technical style match because they get rid of the weapons in that one, and it's just straight up wrestling. Um, but yeah, proceeding this one, proceeding that one. But no, this one's uh, this one's very much four and a half for me. But as I said, you know, from this, these two would end up having um, getting a much more exposure across the country. Uh, Punk would end up having a, a, a time at uh, at TNA. Uh, being part of Raven's yeah. faction for a little bit there before he ended up going to Ring of Honor. You know, uh, I know that I know that that statement you just said is true, and yet I cannot see <laughs> CM Punk being in TNA at all. Oh, trust me. At all. A, it's a weird feeling. B, when you see him next to Raven, he looks like Raven's child. He really does. <laughs> <laughs> he really, really he, does. He is. He is introducing CM Punk's new gimmick, Baby Crow. <laughs> like, I, I I, ain't even joking. Like, when they have him there, and, like, half the time he's just sitting in for what we call Raven's Rules matches, which is, uh, there are no rules. It's just whatever the hell Raven wants to do for, like, 15 minutes. Because that's how he flexes. <laughs> like, to be fair, he doesn't actually... He actually has some pretty decent matches in... in in that short stint in TNA, even if they are very weird. <laughs> he he does indeed. Um, but as I said, yep, he ends up going to Ring of Honor and having quite a prolific run there. Chris Hero would end up uh, being a regular for CZW um, and becoming one of their, you know, big names and one of their most technically proficient wrestlers in that promotion. It's weird how, they, how both of these guys' careers forked off from this one match in a sense because mm. you would have thought both of them would have been seeing the the same amount of success at the exact same time but it just seemed because i feel like punk especially at this time was so well beloved by the internet community so yeah. well beloved yeah. i remember going on uh ring of honor forums and czw forums and just the outpouring of love and adulation for cm punk at this time was crazy yeah, i mean like CM Punk in like in IWC terms is basically the Messiah. He really is. He really <laughs> It's it's kind of insane when you think what like from my like 
like from my slightly out of um out of the community bit like i'm the out of the three of us i'm the one that's slightly out of it mm. so i have that kind of perspective where i'm looking at this dude and i'm like jesus christ <laughs> yeah. people love this man oh yeah it's absolutely absolute, it's it's absolutely insane not wrong <laughs> let me emphasize exactly. that it's just enough. weird it's just weird <laughs> yeah i was one of them unfortunately in 2003 <laughs> no, that doesn't surprise me that doesn't surprise me <laughs> i mean look he had a great ma- he had a great trilogy of matches against samoa joe i was never going to deny cm oh, yeah. punk the yeah, no, of, course. He had. of course of course of course also oh real quick before we move on it's kind of it's kind of strange seeing the um the the evolution of CM Punk's exes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like like the big red exes scream so much 1.0 CM Punk and I don't know why. I don't know why like a a different type of ex kind of screams that. Yeah. But I don't know. There's always something it, it, for me it's always about the way he the way he looked because I just remember obviously CM Punk on the independent scene with the fucking basketball shorts yeah <laughs> yeah it's just it's just weird there's something but, about the look i don't know what it is i'm glad mm. he went to the personalized basketball shorts when he went to ring of honor because that's a look <laughs> and a half for it him. Yeah. it almost screams like it, it screams like grunge band yeah <laughs> but but then again like chris hero at the at the time of um of 2002 looked it disturbingly like fucking wrestling David Grohl. It's he really did. It, it's bizarre to see. <laughs> All right, then let us get on over to match two: Chris Hero versus Brian Danielson from Ring of Honor in two thousand and six. So a few more years removed. Uh, this comes hot off the heels of the CZW versus Ring of Honor storyline. And this match was the very first CZW contracted wrestler to fight for the Ring of Honor title. Um, so this, I wanted to pick this one because Hero cites Brian as one of his favorite competitors and one of his favorite opponents and such a guy that he could work naturally within the ring. Doesn't have to talk too much about the intricacies and te- technic- technical bits about it. They can just go, form a little match together, and then they can just make turn it into absolute gold. Unfortunately, Brian has described this match in his autobiography as a bit of a failure as Ring of Honor champ. Because when they went to have a technical match, not a brutal brawl, as most as some of the fans in attendance wanted to see. Uh, but this would start a great feud between the two that spanned many years uh, and many promotions. They were going to have fantastic matches in PWG and beyond. So, with all that being said, first thoughts about this match. First thoughts about this match. This is going to sound so, so, so obvious, but I have to say it. Brian Danielson's so fucking good at you know, yes. I I know this is I know this is about I know this is about Chris Hero. I know, I know. <laughs> but Jesus Christ, he's just so good at his job. It hurts. It hurts to watch. Oh, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Some, sometimes it's like sometimes watching like sometimes watching Brian Danielson wrestle is like staring into the sun. <laughs> I can't watch for too long. Otherwise, I'm just gonna like. <laughs> oh good lord like good lords good fucking lord <laughs> just perfection yeah and 
you know, <laughs> this is going to sound so harsh, and I don't mean it to say. The reason that it doesn't that this match for me doesn't get to get to five stars for me is because, quite frankly, Chris Hero as 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 good. Like I understand why he's like why he loves wrestling with um with with, with Danielson, but. The reason why it doesn't get five stars is because he just can't keep up. Not at hit, not at that level. It's just impossible. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I, like, it's just. No, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you uh, on that one. Um, yeah. And that's the reason I wanted to show this one because this is not only yeah. is this one free to watch, but it's such a great uh, stepping or, or like a, a nexus point of to where Chris Hero's career would go further after this match. Yes, that makes a lot of sense. I can see it. I can see it. Having that been said, one, being not being as good as as fucking Danielson is not a complaint. Exactly. <laughs> How do you com- compare yourself to a yes. god? Yes. Yes. Like, what can I say? Can I say like so? What can I say to that is um is that Hero's technical work, especially going from watching the CM Punk, his soul was like, whoa, where did this come from? Night and day, isn't it? Night and day. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So yeah, Dan, what were your first thoughts about this match? Yeah, so obviously a lot of this was kind of framed about me remembering things like the CZW ROH invasion stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's kind of one of those things where I I, I remember, obviously remember a lot about it um, and everything like that, but it's still not quite prescient in my mind. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, I think, I think one thing this match is good for is it does highlight a lot of kind of different aspects about what makes chris hero um such an engaging wrestler yeah yeah um you know whereas that uh whereas the punk one is you know a a lot about the offense the moves the spots and everything like that this one kind of highlights some things like particularly the selling yeah 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 Um, yeah yeah. that's great um how he engages with the audience or tries to. (laughs) Um, And I think one thing this match definitely does, um, and I've always kind of said this about Chris Hero, his look and his body really belies the actual athleticism he has. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And I think, is it, is it that simple in your opinion, Sam, as, as the, as the resident Chris Hero, like, Mark. <laughs> is, it, is, is it, do you think it's literally just that? Is that, I think, yeah, because Chris Hero's a funny one, is that he looks like a, he's like, his build is more like an uncanny valley wrestler. No. In that, he's yeah. like, he looks like a wrestler, and yet he doesn't. And I, just, what do you think on that? No, it's that, it's that, it's, it is exactly that. I feel it's a, a very much a comparison is the, the whole, it's the Brock Lesnar thing. For a guy his size, he should not be as agile and as, 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 as strong, or well, not agile and as technical as he should be. Same thing for Chris Hero. Mm. Uh, for a guy his size, he should not be able to be as agile and technical as he is. But he, yeah. he is. And I feel a lot of that because he, he's a, re- he looks like a wrestler, but kind of doesn't look like a wrestler. I think that's what mm. kind of gets crowds more invested in him. 
as yeah. well. It, get, it certainly got me invested in Hero as well. Yeah, I can imagine so. It is a funny thing. I will say, like, one note I have is that his, um, his crowd barrier bump was immaculate. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. The, the kind of the kind of barrier bump you want to see. Yes. Yeah. Love that shit. <laughs> also, real quick, um, I I can't remember if you you might not like recall, but um, in his camp because he's the heel in this match. Yeah. There's yeah. this guy who's just absolutely bleeding, and I that's, don't know. Oh, that's the necro butcher. That's the... that's the necro but that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> what happened? Uh, Matt um, I don't know. He. So CZW at this time, CZW ran their shows before Ring of Honor shows. Yeah, right. So presumably he had a, a match earlier and just didn't bother, which sounds like what Necro Butcher would do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, he probably would still be at the ring wearing the CZW branded T-shirt and still be bleeding. Yeah, yeah that, that is. Quick, yeah, that is. yeah. Quick question, actually. When what what year was this? Was this was two thousand six? Two thousand six. Right. right. Yeah. I need to check something out because I swear to God he got that from a fucking four like villain. <laughs> I swear to Christ. Hang on. When was it? He. Oh, wow. He didn't. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> Continue. Sorry. I was just. I just. Every time I saw it, I'm like, nah. He got that from God the God Butcher. But nope. Nope. I was wrong. I was <laughs> well, wrong. there you go. Predates it by predates it by about seven years. How about that? Oh, well, there you go. There you go. Yeah. All right. Some of my favourite moments from this one, the, the the beginning hot dogging from Hero and Brian. Just, yeah. just like, I for some reason yeah. I just like it when the when a face and heel just hot dog a grandstand for a little bit. That was really cool. That was really <laughs> I, nice. I didn't mind that one. Uh, slaps are plenty. I like a good yep. slapping Ooh. contest, especially a good Brian slapping contest. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, one of I've got it in big bold letters in my notes. Brian just being Brian at this time, which was simply phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, ridiculous, uh, ridiculous. Just again, great technical um, and Ingrid psychology from both from Hero. Yeah, great isolation of use of Brian's arm. Um, mm-hmm. Massive mm-hmm. elbow exchange, and I liked. I oh, really yeah. liked the use of a forearm STO from Hero mm-hmm. to Brian's arm. I like that. Also, the rolling mm. eye poke instead of the rolling elbow as well. I appreciate it. <laughs> it's a good mix-up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, also, Hangman's Clutch is an amazing submission move. It, it is. Oh, yeah, it that's really great. Is. I love the no. use of a cravat and then like the leg, the uh, tying the leg up into it, like a from an STF position. I just love the the visual of that. It looks so much more menacing than John Cena's STFU, if, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, so, what were you some of your, uh, some of your favorite moments, chaps? Yeah, I well, I, I do feel like I think I've gone through all of them, but especially that barrier spot. I do. I do love the um it's a very interesting match um wrestling psychology wise in that it starts off like it kind of has like three sections it has kind of yeah. like the the grandstanding brawl and then ends in a technical showcase which I found which I found is a very fascinating kind of chain of events there hmm. it's an interesting just, way of structuring it yeah sure. Which I, which should not work, really. That's kind of ass backwards, <laughs> but it actually did work. 
very well. And I'm and and I'd be very curious for like to interview those guys and to ask why they chose that as the sequence of events there. No, uh, indeed, indeed. Uh, Dan, anything from you? Um, first off, the absolutely huge elbow strike yeah. from Hero to Brian. Oh, yeah. The sound on that was clapped. Yeah. To high yeah. hell. Uh, oh, yeah. Love a good, huge, high-angle backdrop suplex. Yeah. Absolutely love love every single bit of that. Um, and honestly, one thing I would say, actually a very uh, good part of this match is Todd Sinclair as ref. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it's good because, um, I don't know, I like seeing referees' discretion. <laughs> yeah, I like seeing the referee as uh, you know, not just being a person that stands there. <laughs> or if you're Charles Robinson, running and sprinting for your yes, life sprinting for your life to the ring, sprinting for your life. Uh, I also, I did also like at the at the start. There's this weird kind of dynamic where it's like <laughs> they're doing the whole, all the grandstanding and doing taunting while standing up on the ropes, and it's like people are cheering brian but then i almost get like this weird kind of like latent heel reaction to him mm. Mm. from the roh fans yeah they're like, it's they're like one, yeah that's our guy and then they're like do we cheer him <laughs> and yeah. Like, it's, yeah it is a real kind of like yay our guy but chris hero though <laughs> yes Oh no, but that's seriously of that time, especially in 2006. That was what a crowd was like in Ring of Honor, especially when the CCW storyline was happening and, and Chris Hero was there. In the speaking of, of speaking of crowds, shout out to that woman screaming for blood. Yes. <laughs> Holy yeah, because like one thing. One thing about this I I did have in mind was that <laughs> for him being with CZW, Chris Hero is very much an ROH wrestler. Yeah, <laughs> he really was. That's a very odd situation to be in. He fit in like a glove facing facing Brian. He would, but I I will go into it when we get to the last match. But he eventually did make his way and got there. To ring yeah. of honor, um, very happy you did because he ended up having a tremendous, uh, a tremendous tag team that I will get into uh, soon enough. But um, chaps, uh, uh, oh, if anyone wanted to know the end of this one, Brian retains his ring of honor title with a with a cross face chicken wing. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. just you love to see a chicken wing finish a match, don't you? <laughs> so hello, uh, it's Bob Backlund calling. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. So, final ratings for this match. Reardon, I believe, uh, as you said at the beginning of the match one, that you give this a four out of five, correct? Yes. However, thinking about it and thinking back to it, I'm now going to give it a 4.5. Just thanks to the Daniel, thanks to the, thanks to the Brian factor. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He's just, he's just too good. He's just too good. Probably the best. Probably the uh, the best match out of the three that we wa- that that you sent. Mm-hmm. However, um, next match is my actual favorite. We'll get into it. <laughs> Hell yeah, uh, Dan. So I'm really undecided on this one. Really? 
and I've kind of been flip-flopping between like a bunch of different scores, so I'm just going to split it down the middle and say a four. Mm -hmm. I'm curious. And you know? the reason for that is, as um, Sam mentioned earlier, Brian said this was one of his, uh, in his own words from uh, his book, Yes, My Improbable Journey to the Main Event of WrestleMania, I'd say that match was my biggest failure as Ring of Honor champion. Ooh. Mm. And the thing is, and one part of it that I do keep in mind about this match is that the, <laughs> the crowd couldn't engage with it as much. Yeah. Because what they, because what the expectations were, and the result were very different. Mm. I see. So, uh, quoting, so quoting from um, the book again, uh, when we started off wrestling trying to prove who was the better wrestler, the crowd was really into it. But then we kept wrestling for almost 30 minutes. The more we wrestled, the more the crowd became disinterested. The fans wanted a fight, and what ended up being a long scientific a long scientific wrestling match should have been a hate field brawl. You need to know when to wrestle and when to fight. Interesting. So and, my so my instincts on on the weirdness of it was correct. Yeah, on, and huh. it's, it's it's a thing that I can kind of feel through the match. Like they know what they want to do, and they the technical work is great, mm. but. I just get this feeling that the people there aren't responding to it in the same way. Mm. Agreed. You know, like a lot of the matches that they'd be coming off with this would also be kind of in that vein of like just hard hitting, bam, 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 bam. And, you know, like I said, fantastic technical match. Mm. Mm. I just feel like I feel the disconnect. You yeah. think it's like? Do you think it like it's a definite one where like, like separated from its context, it's a great match, but in its context, it doesn't quite fit together. That's, you think it's like that. That's how I would frame it. And mm. I, I would be very much the same. And it's the same reason I'm going to give it a four as well, was because of of those reasons. And I rate I rate a technical match higher than you, Sam. Yeah. What is this madness? <laughs> I know, right? I know. Oh Crazy. Wow. Wow. That's honestly, guys, that shocked me. That shocked me uh, yeah. to high heaven. Um, for, 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 honestly, I, I know as well as that going into the future, if you look more, if you have access to all those services, you know these two... Oh, these two had so many better matches after this. Like, especially, especially in PWG, they had two amazing matches. One for the world title uh, and one at the Battle of Los Angeles 2008 uh, semi-final. Two amazing matches that you should go out of your way to see for sure. Um, but, but a great start to a rivalry that would, as I, as I said, span many a year uh, for the pair of them. Okie doke. We get to match number three, which was such a hard match to pick. Because 
I'm jumping quite ahead of time from 2006 mm. to 2016. Ten years. It's a big amount of time. To give you a little bit of context, as I said, Hero would go on to be uh, uh, to, to wrestle eventually in Ring of Honor, forming one of the greatest tag teams in indie wrestling, the Kings of Wrestling, alongside with him oh, yeah. and Claudio Castagnoli. <laughs> Good oh, old Cesaro. Yeah. Kings of Wrestling. Yo. Slap. Yo, Their wait, hold up. Go so hard. Hold, hold up, hold up. He's yeah. the man who tagged with... Okay. okay. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's, thank so, you for that information. So many Their matches in PWG go so hard. So, so hard. Uh, speaking of PWG, he would go on to have an incredible rivalry with the Human yep. Tornado. By the way, get a chance, if you ever get a chance to, uh, Human Tornado actually has his cage match against Hero on YouTube. Go out of your way to watch it. It's fantastic. Fantastic. That was a series that spanned like eight months. Eight months. And I mean, to be fair, it was because PWG did like one show a month. <laughs> um, but still. But yeah, it, it spanned like eight months um, and had the thing with um, uh, Candice LeRae in it as well. Indeed. He's one of like the three women PWGs ever booked. <laughs> No, exactly. Come on, Super Dragon. I know you. I know you usually take people booking from word of mouth, but come on, dude. You can have more women in there. <laughs> it on. is. It is always an interesting thing. Like when they were talking about, like, because um, when PWG did their show recently, there were rightful complaints uh, about the people who were appearing on the show. Yes. Um, but I just love the thing where they're just like, nah, Super Dragon just doesn't care about watching or wrestling or engaging with it. He just does it. <laughs> <laughs> and I admire that energy so much. <laughs> I, I can appreciate Super Dragon to a degree for that. I really can. So he's just, he's just there. He's just like, I am tired of these mortals and yeah. their petty and their petty problems. I will curb stomp every every person out of existence if I can. <laughs> so in 2011, him alongside Claudio would be signed to WWE course they would have their tenure in fcw where uh, claudio would end up be being being renamed antonio cesaro and uh, and chris hero would be named cassius ono which uh later revealed that he came up with the name himself because he wanted to have the initials ko but taking uh cassius from muhammad ali and ono from apollo ono so there you go okay. the more you know <laughs> I was wondering, because I was like, that's a very odd name. Yeah. <laughs> so you the, sure it wasn't Sonny Ono? <laughs> it's definitely not Sonny Ono. From, I, uh, from Apollo Ono, if anyone doesn't know, he's a speed skater. A former speed skater, I should say. Okay, well, now that's kind of raising more questions for me, but I'm just not going to ask them. Because <laughs> we're not the people equipped to answer them. True that, true that. He would then, of course, when FCW would then morph into NXT in 2012, he was alongside there as well, having matches uh, matches against Cesaro, Seth Rollins, Mike Dalton, who would end up becoming uh, Tyler Breeze. One of his most famous matches, as everyone knows, was against William Regal, one of his trainers. Oh, yes. um, which, by the way, go out of your way to watch it. It's a great match, but the only reason I didn't pick it as the third match is that it's absolutely hampered by terrible commentary. Oh, no. Yeah, this was a time where they thought Brad Maddox would be a great commentator. 
Remember when they thought Brad Maddox would be over? <laughs> no offense to Brad Maddox, by the way, but <laughs> it just seemed like every time they brought him in, it just didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> so, his last match would be against Luke Harper of the Wyatt family. After that, in 2013, November 2013, he'd be released from the WWE, ending his first stint in the company. After that, he enjoyed. He said he enjoyed those t- 21 months, learning a hell of a lot and wanting to, you know, expand a bit more further. That's why he left. He wanted to end on. He ended on good terms and went back into doing what he did. Actually, before I go on, let's not forget he also had an incredible time and tenure at Pro Wrestling Noah, being under the tutelage yeah. of one Mitsuharu Misawa, which one of which, his greatest wrestling inspirations, as he's said many a time. Exactly, which makes perfect sense as to why his elbows are so godly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. It brings us to his return to the independence in 2016. And uh, I thought, what better way to pick a big Hoss match? And you cannot get any more big Hoss match than with Chris Hero versus Tomohiro Ishii at Rev Pro New Japan Global Wars Night 1. So just quickly before we move on, I just want to say I do love this kind of semi-established practice where like wrestlers leave they go to noah and just do a bunch of crazy stuff for like a year yes <laughs> i don't know what it is there's this weird energy around noah where people just go there and just start doing stuff they just didn't do anywhere else <laughs> <laughs> exactly. second is... of all oh, um oh. i love tomohiro ishii <laughs> yes 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 i love yeah, everything the, about the dude is literally a block <laughs> he really is. He he is. I have never seen a square block <laughs> yeah. wrestle, but here the, it is. The thing is, right? I'm there, and I say like big horse, but then like the dude's I, like five foot what nine? Five nine, yeah. But that's the that's the thing. He's he's like, um, he's he's just a horse. <laughs> <laughs> he's just this he's just this guy who like comparatively maybe it's just because of how he's built that seems mm. kind of like shorter and like yeah. semi kind of squat but he's just a block he really, yeah. and he's, I love it he, he's like you know like you know how there's you know the term absolute unit he's just he is a, a unit, unit. <laughs> he's just yeah. a unit it is fascinating to see also may i add at this time of course hero went through uh, a big body change and good lord is he a unit as well oh yeah i that's something i was really i was gonna ask about like what was what was going on there so I, what had happened is that hero was there was a rumor going around that the reason he was released was because of of weight gain but what mm. happened is that chris uh suffers has had a long history with back spasms um, right. And unfortunately, even when he does go to the gym he, and he works out, he always says, you know, I, I, I do work out all the time. The history of that and the debilitating pain caused from that caused his body to, you know, become a bit larger. But I feel mm. it benefits Hero because he makes him seem even more dangerous than he ever has been. That's the, it, again, like when I said, his his build belies his athleticism yes. yeah again even more so here 
So, apart from the whole match probably being your favourite moment, what are some of your favourite moments from this match, guys? So, one thing I do love about this match, and I I think it's quite funny, is the the reaction that he gets when he comes to the ring. Because it almost makes it feel like he's at a hometown match. Yeah. Which would would seem weird, being that he's in the UK. Yes. But also, like... He, he is kind of one of the favorite sons over here in a weird way yeah, yeah. it's it, it helps that he is he is the single most most uk modern wrestler that's not from the uk yeah yeah <laughs> like like honestly like i think um it's funny you say that because i think um us watching um us um, watching Les Kellett together really yeah. kind of got, gets you. He's got that real feel to him. Yeah. Old just school his, British wrestler grappler. Just, I mean, yeah. yeah. A man who looks like, thanks to his muscle spasms, was like, oh, I'm just going to finish this pint real quick and then I'll get to the rest of <laughs> <Yeah>. you. <laughs> yes. Your dar's in the ring. <laughs> yeah. Like like a man who went who saw this Japanese guy and was like, no, I'll fight him and just takes his shirt off. <laughs> I, another thing I appreciate about Hero at this time was that he doubled down on his love of basketball and it shows yeah. his ring gear. I... He comes out to the ring of us with Sonic's gear, who at that point didn't exist anymore. <laughs> I, I won't lie. I kind of hate the gear. I kind of hate it. I, I like, I like. Oh, yeah, it. he's wearing, he's wearing Seattle, is Seattle <laughs> Supersonics gear. Is that why? Is that the reason? <laughs> hey, fun fact: honest, became, I, became the OKC Thunder. Exactly. In like 2013, maybe. I, I 2012, believe, 2013. Yeah, around that time, yeah. I think you would appreciate his Chicago that. Bulls gear as well as his, his yeah. New York Knicks gear. The Knicks gear is nice. The Knicks gear is really nice. I don't, I don't, I don't hate the Sonics gear. It's not, it's not, it's not bad. I like the green. I think mm. it looks quite nice. I, I like his Duke University gear. He's a big Duke uh, University fan, so I like the blue of that as well as the Chicago Bulls gear as well. But yeah. um, that's one thing I, is I he from... about this. Um, he's from Dayton, Ohio. Uh, so it's oh, okay. Yeah. Duke's like North Carolina, isn't it? Yes. So not too far off. Not, not too far. far. I, I mean, know, well, in, in terms of US states, anyway. Yeah, in terms of US, it's not that far. <laughs> in terms of UK scale, that's pretty damn freaking removed. If I have to travel two hours on the train, that's a long journey to miss. <laughs> so, uh, oh gosh. Um, the standoff at the beginning of this was amazing. Just a six-year-old so guy. Like... A, I love stare downs in Japanese wrestling. Yes, it's so good. It is <laughs> they so are genuinely good. just so good. It gets even better when someone decides to take the piss with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because again, it's that thing of like, it, it's funny when you think about it like that, but like then seeing someone towering over Ishii, <laughs> yeah, yes, is is an odd visual. But it I, 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 it's great. I love it. I love it. What do you think? I wanted to get rid of your opinion on the full evolution of Chris Hero delivering elbows and Yakuza kicks. Okay, so, but like, real quick, I have to get some It was very odd seeing Chris Hero come in acting basically like a heel. Mm. Yeah. 
which is kind of like, yo, you're meant to be Chris Hero. What's, what's going on there? But no, it was fun. The evolution of Chris Hero deciding now's the time to just keep hitting people was part of the reason why this is my favorite match. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Some of the most greatest and also disgusting elbows yes. I have ever seen. <laughs> to the point where it's 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 basically a strong style match. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it is, certainly. And it's delightful to see. <laughs> oh, the fact that the guy uh, at this time and still can pull off the Masawa rope flip where he hangs himself on the yeah. top and flips over it. I love that so much. I mean, it's one thing that we didn't get to see through this series of matches, but I don't know what it is, but something about the way Chris here always used to exit the ring, I loved yeah, the mm. uh, like one... the, the the handstand flip over. Oh, yeah. the cane, the cane, the cane ring, the cane ring. Yeah, entrance. but he, he's the able exit. to not only do that the cane flip, but able to kind of handspring. So with no hands, be able to flip over the rope, grab his hands on the apron, and then pl- and push himself off. It's, it's an odd. It's an odd motion to try and describe. It's it's like a Frostbury yeah, flop, like hands- flop with a handspring. It's it's, it's yeah. incredible. I expect that you could do a Frostbury flop as well. Like a Frostbury flop backflip onto people was incredible. <laughs> but uh oh, just the slaps to Ishii's head as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a weird it's a weird match where someone gains the upper hand by getting by getting t- by getting pile drived, yeah, like getting pile drive is what wakes up Ishii. Yes, yes. Remember, he is a block. A pile driver would just that's, wake him that's up. That's literally that the true. thing I love about Ishii is that it's just like one of the things about him is that his head is really strong. <laughs> yeah, he's just got a stone head, so they just like they just like so you just even elbow him in elbow him in the head he's just like come on (laughs) no just such it's such uh, a nice concise great match you want to see two big hosses trading blows that's the match you show people yeah so so good i've also the perfect timing as well i think it's just like you didn't want out i think 20 minutes would have been too long 16 minutes is perfect yeah yeah the absolute perfect uh, uh, amount for this sort of match oh this match of course won match of the night on this event oh yeah rightfully so (laughs) Uh, and still rates at cage match at four and a half stars speaking of chaps what are your ratings for this match I'm I'm on four and a half stars. Love this love this match top to bottom. It's just seeing two people beat the crap out of each other and in a way that just works. Like those matches can get kind of boring. This match was anything but. I love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. I found a I found a gif of uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott doing it. <laughs> Oh, that, yeah. <laughs> Madness. It, it, it's crazy, especially when you see a guy the size of Chris Hero do it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, Dan, uh, what is your rating for this match? Uh, my rating for this match is 4.75 stars. 
Yeah. It's just like 15 minutes of people, of two guys just smacking each other in the head. <laughs> it is just everything you could want out of a match between Ishii and Chris Hero. It is elbows, it is power drivers, it is Ishii just like hulking up and just being like, okay, you want to drop me on my head? Do it again, I dare you. <laughs> yeah. There's just so there's just so much stuff. Like, all the... Like, them exchanging the chops in the corner and everything like that. Ishii just going, like, flat-out relentless. Also, the way that they make kind of, like, mini angles within the match, even though it's only, like, 14, 15 minutes. Yeah. Where it's, like... Oh, can Ishii get the suplex? Can he do the brain buster? Can he do this? And then, like, that small section of, like, them moving through that is really well done. Really, mm. yeah. Really, really well done. Oh, it's it's 4.75 from me as well. Just, just a, a great condensed, bottled look at why Chris Hero is so revered for so many yeah, people. This, this should be an example of like concentrated hoss fest <laughs> yes this is what you want <laughs> this is the perfect encapsulation of big e saying big meaty men slapping me it really is <laughs> it really really like, is. i just want i just want we're talking about the big guys just throwing lariats at each other <laughs> just smacking each other's chests that would make stan hansen even blush uh oh man and that is where we end our three matches i wanted to give some notable mentions as well because as i said this was mm. so hard to pick a third match uh for this mm. one i wanted to pick uh chris hero versus adam cole for the world of ring of honor world championship a fantastic yep. match uh many of his encounters with zack saber jr which is which are always great managed to see uh, uh, was live for the Super Strong Style uh, final between those two, which and that was incredible. That match, um, mm-hmm. Chris Hero versus Keith Lee. Every time they yep. both met in the ring, oh, they make magic. Both. Oh yeah. Lee. Oh, they absolutely would. I could tell. Oh yeah. Um, I'm just it's just a damn shame they never got to properly show it in NXT. Uh, because I would have loved to have seen more of those two absolutely have those amazing matches. Um, and uh, the match he had against Jonathan Gresham from Beyond Wrestling. Mm-hmm. Oh, great match. Great match. But, uh, oh, yeah. chaps, third question. Penultimate question I always like to ask is, would you, or would, you, uh, would you have seen these matches or would you have liked these matches at the time that they were first you know, broadcast slash happened? Oh yeah, that's a very oh. good question. I think, funny enough, to my shame, I probably wouldn't have appreciated the uh, the uh, the Brian match. Mm. The other two I would have appreciated, especially the CM Punk match, because you know tables and and yeah chairs and shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, what, what can I say? What can I say? Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, but no, I I'm very glad that. Yeah, I think those matches I definitely would have appreciated. Yeah, uh, for sure. So I get the final question. Will you be going out of your way to watch more Chris Hero? I'm going to say yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. He he fascinates me because I have a question for you, Sam. Oh yeah, you're done. I'm I'm gonna, I'm definitely gonna try and do a deep dive of those um, uh, Kings of Wrestling PWG matches. Oh yeah, you definitely should. Uh, but Raiden, fire away. Here is my question for you, Sam. Mm-hmm. Why does Chris Hero mean so much to you? Wow. Um, wow. So it was a formative time of my life when I first discovered independent wrestling. There were two guys that you always heard of. CM Punk, Chris Hero. Third person eventually would become Brian Danielson. And everyone, of course, goes on to love Brian because, come on, it's mm-hmm. Brian. But Chris, for me, is he is the guy that took so many styles of wrestling, every sort of style, from American to Lucha Libre to Japanese Puro to British wrestling, was able to form them into his own unique style and to be able to do that and put on incredible matches with so many opponents, so many opponents of so many different varieties and qualities. I mean, some of the names we've talked about from Brian to Punk to Human Tornado to Tomohiro Ishii, Keith Lee, Jonathan Gresham. He's never put a wrong foot forward. He's always been able to have incredible matches. As I, I just think that alone, for me, is always why he means so much to me, is that I could always guarantee that I will always see a good match from him. Also, he's a bloody lovely chap, and I I, I, I poured this all out to him when I when I finally got the chance to meet him. It was a very nervous meeting because here's a guy I've been watching since 2002. And oh, yeah. He was so appreciative of me saying all this, and he didn't, I didn't even ask for one. He gave me a hug at the end of, the, of meeting him. Aww. So I appreciate that. Chris, if you're listening, bud, Thank you for that. That meant more than you could possibly imagine doing that. <laughs> so, there we go. I'm tearing up. That ends Volume 5 of Great Wrestlers You Never Knew. Was that a good one, chaps? Because I enjoyed watching this one. I really enjoyed this one. This is a fascinating one. Because again, could... it's got, again, it's got me thinking about going back and watching some of those PWG matches that I completely <laughs> yeah. forgot about. I will, I will say, of all the great wrestlers that I never knew, Chris Hero's story is one... That just compels me because yeah. I because because it's like now that you've told me that like he actively like he had his fun in WWE and decided to go back into the indies, mm. whereas CM Punk tried to stick it out and you know, we all know the story of yeah. what happened there. Yeah, it's a real what could have been. Yeah, for him. I would say. I mean, the fun fact everyone knows is that he was potentially the third member of the Shield uh, until they went for Roman Reigns instead. Wow. See, I always hear that, and I every time I hear that, I, again, I always use like my usual responses go, "That just sounds fake." <laughs> it does, <laughs> but because I because I hear it, and I'm like, I don't even know how you'd get to that point, though. <laughs> I don't know who's looking at him going, you know what. <laughs> the shield <laughs> yes well apparently uh it was punk's idea to have ambrose rollins and hero called up so i guess in a sense that kind of makes a little bit more yeah it makes yeah, it, make, it makes sense and you have to consider these are all three guys that became very well known on on the independent scene and all pretty much tracked about the same time yeah mm. yeah obviously rollins was in um roh it was um 
Ambrose would have been. I guess he would have been CCW. I don't know well. I don't know what else he was doing other than CCW. WXW. Around. Oh yeah, time. he was in WXW. That is true. Um, and then obviously Chris Hero would have been doing what he was doing. Probably a PWG and ROH. Mm. There we go. I mean, both, uh, both, all three of them were. You could definitely say were pillars of the of the scene at that time for sure. So yeah. it made perfect sense why you know why. Uh, uh, yeah, would want to bring them up to the main roster, but no, mm. uh, that is where we end today's episode. A very enjoyable one, and I really, really, really had a great time actually. Not only doing the research, but just looking back on these matches. So much fun, so much fun. Next episode, then. Oh, this is going to be a very interesting one for sure. We are going to be doing a, a chronicling the history. Of the WWE United States Championship. Not the WCW one. That episode comes later. (laughs) Don't add us. Don't add us. Because it has a very interesting history. Not only how it started. How it was brought into the fold of WWE. But also the people that have held it. The reigns of people. uh, Some of the kind of weird flip-flop booking of the US title as well. It's a really interesting look at the title's history. As well as the people that have held it as well. I'm really excited to do this. I can't wait to find my new Curtis Axel. (laughs) I can't wait to talk to to you about about MVP's run with the title as well. (laughs) And the rivalry between him and Matt Hardy, if you remember. Yeah. <laughs> but with that, I have been Sam. This has been Dan and Reardon. And as ever, you've been listening to the Sweet Chinwag podcast. We will see you on the next one. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Elbow to a bozo's jaw. 